Welcome to the Hope Talk Podcast, sponsored by Come On, Let's Go. Well, today we're talking with Bobby. Uh, and Bobby, you do a lot of different things in the community. I'm always surprised from uh, working at J103 as uh, the evening show host to working at Silverdale Baptist. Uh, you DJ around the community. Uh, yep. And so I was so surprised when we were sitting down talking the other day and found out you were a certified financial coach yep uh, and yep. this is actually if you've heard of dave ramsey before uh this is the certified by the group uh and what is the, the lampo group the lampo mm-hmm. group okay uh and finances are kind of a big deal and as we talk about hope and we talk about uh trying to find it there are a lot of places that have the exact opposite a lot of hopelessness hmm. and Finances seem to be one of those. I'm sure you've seen in your experience people that, you know, whether it's drowning in debt or whether it's just mismanagement of money that causes, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or just living on a really tight budget. Uh, So seeing all that and having a chance to sit down and coach people through that, what do you think is the biggest uh, necessity for someone to start with kind of financial planning? Well, the the first step is to realize that... um, well, we got to change our view of money first, okay? Uh, the The idea is that God gives us money to manage on His behalf. It's not our money; right. it's His money, okay? And 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 we need to get some some things in place, like need to make sure that you are tithing. Yeah. Now, now listen, tithing and giving that that's not about building bigger churches or or, or to a ministry like this. What that is is every time that you give. Every time that you give, you become a little less selfish and a little bit more like your creator. Okay, yeah. so so then so put places like that, things like that, into place, and then just some mindset changes. Um, you did not get into debt. Let's just say you're in debt. You did not get into debt overnight. You didn't wake up this morning and suddenly realize, oh my goodness, I have forty thousand dollars in car loans and and a student loan and this that. Right. You didn't get in this overnight you're not going to get out of this overnight it's going to take a little while it's going to take a little bit of a process so i think you start with the mindset change about money you you start with a proper perspective about money whose it is and then you just start looking at the basics god never god never allowed his people to begin building something without a plan or a purpose well that plan or purpose in a in a personal finance is your budget Think of it as a cash flow plan. I mean, sometimes budget has one of those right. uh, bad connotations. Think of it as a cash flow plan. You're spending your money on paper, on purpose, before the month begins, so that at the end of the month, you don't sit there and go, now, where did all my money go? Right. If you think about it, your income, what you make, if you're an average American and you work a lifetime, you'll handle well over a couple million dollars worth of of income in the course of your lifetime. It's time to get a hold of that using a cash flow plan. So you start with there and then you just gradually work your way towards doing the things biblically that God talks about. And that is avoiding debt. I mean, God does not specifically call debt a sin in the Bible. You won't you won't find that as the eleventh commandment in second hesitation. Right. So you just won't find <laughs> right. it. But what you will find is okay, God never talks about debt in a positive way. He always talks about it when you're in your debt. If you find yourself in surety, my son, he says in Proverbs, flee like like the uh, fowl in the hand, uh, like, like, a, uh, like the capture in the hand of a fowler. Right. In other words, get out of debt as fast as you possibly can. 
Right. He never talks about it in a positive way, and he never, you never see people, the children of Israel didn't get out of Egypt by getting into debt first. Right. No, they didn't do that. So just mindset change, attitude change, and then that's where you begin that process. Now, speaking of debt, I love that, you know, the way that, the way that proverb is worded, it kind of assumes someone's already in debt. And so if you find yourself in that same situation, if you're already in debt, it's not like, hey, by the way, you're absolutely hopeless already. <laughs> no, you're not. It's like, hey, make a plan and get out of it. And I think that's the most important thing is, I mean, I, I've seen the numbers before, and there are a lot of Americans, probably the majority of, the, of Americans find themselves in debt. What are some tips to start that process, to okay. start that plan of getting out of debt? Well, it does go all back to the money management plan, the cash, cash flow plan, a budget. Start there first, okay? Some people actually feel like they get a little bit of a raise, when they do that because yeah. they're starting to spend their money on purpose rather than kind of lollygagging it along. But start there. Then we teach a seven-step process, and part of that, step number three, is getting out of debt. Okay, uh, step number two is getting out of debt. So let's just do a cash flow plan first. Make sure that you are at zero, at least, that you're, 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 you're not overreaching. You're not spending more going out than you've got coming in. That's sort of baby step zero. Right. Baby step number one is let's put $1,000 aside into what we call a baby emergency fund. These these are the things that, or this is the account that will catch all those little things that happen. Like, like what if I go out to my car in just a few minutes and I try to start it up and the alternator is bad? That's a $250, $300 repair. If I didn't have that emergency fund, I'd be right back in debt putting it on the plastic. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. So. That's your little baby emergency fund. Step two is what we call the debt snowball. Get out of debt. You take all of your debts, list them, smallest to largest, everything but the house, you know, your cars, your 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 student loan that's been around so long that you think it's a pet, uh, <laughs> your, your credit cards. Uh, when I was in debt, I had a loan to my father oh, yeah. that I had to pay off. And let me tell you something, a little side note here. Proverbs 22.7 says, the borrower is slave to the lender. Mm -hmm. Biblically speaking, when I owed my dad that money, I was not his son. I was his slave. Right. I was his servant until I paid that off. Right. That's a weird place to be with family. Yep. You want to get out of that as fast as you can. So you list all of your debt, smallest payoff to largest payoff. Then you pay minimums on everything except that smallest debt. And you attack it with focused intensity uh, the the kind that says you start selling so much things that the kids think they're next <laughs> you know um when my wife and i were at that stage we were focusing on that smallest debt and by the way we've been debt free since 1996 that's with awesome. the exception of the house that's all and that's the year used, i was born <laughs> yeah real great uh, he just made me old folks so so you, you attack that smallest debt with the kind of intensity that is laser focused like I said, when my wife and I started this process, we literally, between the two of us, spent $40 a week on groceries. That was it. That's crazy. Everything else, we put on this debt. Then when that small one's paid off, we moved, we took all of that focused intensity and we put it on the next bill. And we started the process over again, did it again and again and again. We had $43,000 worth of debt not including our house. Uh -huh. And we paid it off using that process in just 18 months. Wow. We were done. 
Wow. Okay. That that's hopeful. Now, yeah, people looked at us like we were strange. Of course. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, that's one other thing that you can you can help mind, change your mindset, and that is, don't take financial advice from broke people. Yep. Find out who's doing it better than you are. Let them mentor you. Let them disciple you a little bit. Now, so now let yeah. me ask a question about yeah. this, the second step there. A lot of people say, you know, well, wouldn't you start with the one that has the highest interest rate? Good but question. But you're starting with the cheaper one. Why is that? Well, two reasons. One, it's lowest payoff versus lowest interest rate. It's sort of like, sort of like if you go on a diet and you lose five pounds in the first week. Yeah. You get that, yes, I did it. That that kind of, hooah, I did that, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes you don't get that if you arrange it by interest rate because it might be a larger balance. Yes. Plus, this is one of those you're just going to have to trust the guy on the other side of the microphone. Right. I've run the numbers. I've run the numbers versus smallest payoff to largest payoff versus smallest interest rate to, to largest interest rate. And financially speaking, you are exactly right. By about a month and a half. About 45 days is the only thing we're talking about, the difference. Mm-hmm. But what, what you lose is that intensity. Right. And and in the long run, if you have that intensity and you see it start paying off, and then you're going when you go to the grocery store, all right, how, yeah. how cheap can I get out of here because I want to put this money to, towards the debt? The coolest thing at the time that we were doing our grocery shopping, Walmart had calculators on the, the <laughs> uh, 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 grocery nice. carts. Notice they don't have those anymore. Right. But we would walk around the grocery store. And we would play the okay. If we get this, this hits our, our new limit. We got to push something back. Yeah. You know, uh, we used what we call the cash envelope system, yeah. which was basically we still like to socialize a little bit at that time, and still do. We like to go out to dinner. We would put money in an envelope, and on the outside of it, we we'd label it literally eating out. And Sunday afternoon after church, if someone would say, "Hey, Bobby, you know, Nikki, why don't you come?" to dinner with us or to lunch with us, we'd look in the envelope. If it was if there was green in there, we went. Right. If there was nothing in there, we went home and had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right. Yeah, it's very important. And I think that is uh, something that we can so often struggle with as Americans because when we're using that card or using that plastic, we don't see that. Like there's no when there's no money there in the cash system, like you right. you cannot go out to eat. There's you get done with your meal and you pull out that empty envelope and it's like uh oh. Uh oh. Got some washing dishes. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you know, they've done study after study and 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 I'm going to use the lower end numbers, but when you pay with plastic versus paying with cash, the difference between the amount of money you actually spend when it when it comes to everyday purchases is around 10 to 15%. But when you add food into the mix, it can jump by as much as 30%. Oh wow. You'll end up spending 30% more when you eat out when you're spending with plastic. For example, instead of getting the uh, bison burger, you know, which is $9 off the plate, you might go for the porterhouse. Right, right. Okay, so we talked about uh, the $1,000 in a uh, baby emergency yeah. fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the next step is just snowball that debt out of there. Yep. Once you minus the house. Minus the, the house, yeah. You save that till later. So that's step one and two. After you're out of debt, or maybe you never were in debt and you've got that $1,000, yep. what do you do next? Okay, so you go back to that little baby emergency fund, which is right around $1,000, and you put aside, you add to it, three to six months worth of your expenses. Now, immediately, I, I'm hearing people do math, and they're going, that's, that's like twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. Right. No, it's not, because you no longer have debt except for your home. 
We're talking about just enough to survive if something was to happen. If you were to walk in and your job would be gone tomorrow. For us, our monthly expenses are around $1,000 to $1,200 a month. So that's about $6,000 in the emergency fund. There's freedom there. I'm telling you, if something was to happen to my job tomorrow, I don't have to take the next thing that comes along. Right. You know, I'll just start bugging you guys here at J103 (laughs) until you find a place for me. That's all there's to it. You know, but. And you have six months to do that, by the way. Six months, six months to figure that out. So that, you go back to that. Then, then step. Uh, this uh, is the point where it starts getting fun. Yeah, by the way, it does. Once you once you get the money, uh, you know, first of all, you feel more secure because you're no longer living paycheck to paycheck. Right, right. It, it's like if you show up tomorrow and there's just no paycheck, all of a sudden you still feel secure. You you still have yep. some hope. Yes, you right, do. So let's go to step four. Uh, four, five, and four and five is sort of done at the same time, and that is. Let's go back and revisit some things that maybe you've neglected during this time, and that is making sure that your retirement's taken care of, and if you have children, uh, taking care of their college fund. Okay, it's a big deal. Yeah, but make sure that you take care of your retirement first, not their educa- college education before your retirement. And here's why: my daughter is 17 years old next month or this month. I don't want to neglect my retirement. But make sure she goes to college so that when she gets older, she can financially take care of us. That's right. not the way you set it up. Yeah. You set it up to where you're taken care of and then her education is then taken care of. So that's four and five. Six is go back to the house. Finish paying that house off. Chances are it's come down naturally over time as you've paid this sucker. But pay it off. Then a baby step number seven. The fun which, one. Which is where I'm going to be one day because I've only got $40,000 left in my home. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to be able to uh, – now, that, that will mean that I will have very little monthly expenses. Okay? Yeah. I will have no debt. I will have a fully funded for retirement, and my daughter's education will be funded. Step seven, house is gone too. I can I, I, my my income my largest wealth building tool would be completely freed up and I'll be able to give like no one else to ministries and and charities that I firmly believe in J103 J Radio uh and I'll be able to bless others like like God intends us to yeah because you know I've read story after story of people who have blazed the trail before me and gotten this baby step seven. And one of the things that they were able to do, and I want to do this, is they find a single mom in their church, a single mom in their church who has to make the decision. Do you put, do they put their child into childcare and go out and eke out a living? Well, you can do the math on that. You're not going to make much of a living. Right. How much of a blessing would it be and how much hope would we give to that person if someone at Baby Step 7 can go to that single mom and go, you know what, you're not going to work this next year. Here's $30,000. That's awesome. Here's $40,000. You know what, you, you be an at-home mom to that child during their early years and change that child's world as I change yours. Do it anonymously even. But that's that's where I want to be at step step number seven. I want to be the guy that goes to the Waffle House on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day because people are eating there because they have to, and just pay for everybody's bill, grab a cup of coffee, go sit in my car, and just watch it all happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Well, and maybe you're listening and you're like, well, I'm actually that single mom that, <laughs> you know, I, I'm nowhere near that. I, I'm like, I don't have any of those steps done. The thing I love about this, this seven step process is really wherever you are, you mm-hmm. can start. It's not like, hey, by the way, you got to get out of debt and then you can start. That's yeah. part of the process. And so uh, you can start right away from wherever you are. And you can kind of see that as a goal that you get to, and and that's living generously the way we're supposed to. But I can imagine someone could be listening and say, well, Bobby, that's nice and all. You gave us a nice seven-step plan, but, but, I mean, really isn't our only hope from God, and should we really plan like all those things and, and trust in our plan instead of trusting in God? But I know that's a tension you have to balance, and I don't necessarily think that planning is taking away our hope in God. So speak a little bit to okay. to finding God in the middle of your planning financially. Obviously, every every bit of advice that I give to my clients, uh, to the, those that I coach, to my friends, to people like you who ask for advice, it's under it's under the umbrella of as the Lord wills. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that that's kind of an under undergirding of everything we do. But God talks about several times in the Bible making plans. Uh, uh, you know, a wise man uh, counts the cost before he builds the building. Right. That's plan making. Yep. Okay. Um, he talks uh, to the prophets or to the prophets many times about going here and going there, and and sending them and and as they go, they do His work. Okay. I would rather. Uh, and, and all and all this advice, by the way, is based on biblical truths. Yeah. All right, there there's no there's no funny math. Okay, there's no placing your faith in the stock market kind of thing. Right. This is this is based on the advice that is found in the pages of those sixty six books of the Bible. Okay, so I would rather base whatever plans I do have based on His Word than based on. You know what I think the stock market's going to do, or what I think something is going to happen, or how I think the economy is going to go. Well, in His Word, He says to plan yep. for a future, because I know the plans I have for you, says Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. So yeah, He talks about planning. Now the danger is there, the tension is there, is that suddenly you start putting your faith in this plan, in the in the financial plan of the Bible, and forget all the rest of it. That's not going to work either. Right. That's not going to work either. God has, I mean, we've talked about it before. Bible basic instructions before leaving earth. It covers everything in this walk. That's where you start. This has been the Hope Talk Podcast, sponsored by Come On, Let's Go. To find out more, visit comeonletsgo.com. 